Hello and welcome to NICE Talks. I'm Matthew Brown, a member of NICE's media relations team. In this episode, we're going to be hearing from NICE Chief Executive Dr Sam Roberts about her priorities for the organisation in the coming year. This is underpinned by a five-year strategy which was published in 2021. Thank you for joining, Sam. Could you start by introducing yourself, please? My name is Sam Roberts. I took over as the chief exec of NICE about a year ago, and I came into a great organisation that's had 22 years of wonderful history with a very clear strategy that my predecessor had laid out, which many of you may have read. It's kind of a strategy from 2021 to 2026. It's probably good to start with a description of what NICE does. In some ways, it's such a a kind of beloved and talked about institution that even though um, I had used NICE advice as a clinician and as a policymaker for almost 20 years, I didn't quite know the scale and depth of the organisation until I joined it. Our job at NICE is to get the best care to people fast that's good value for the taxpayer. And we do this through three big programs. So the first and probably the most well-known is technology appraisal of medicines. And here we look at about 98 medicines a year now. So that's a 40% increase over the last three years. And that makes us one of the largest technology appraisal organizations in the world. And one where we hear from our international counterparts that people do look to us for new methods and processes and that reflect what society values. So that's technology appraisal of medicines. The second big um, juggernaut is clinical guidelines, where again, we've got possibly the biggest clinical guidelines portfolio in the world that I can find, 25,000 recommendations. And we're unusual in that we look at both the clinical effectiveness and cost effectiveness of recommendations. So not only is it the best care for patients, but also is it good value for the taxpayer? So that's pretty unusual. And then the last thing that we're probably less well known for, but, but we're expanding quite a lot in, is devices, diagnostics and digital. So every year we will give about 30 pieces of advice on digital technologies, diagnostics, devices, interventional procedures. And this is a really kind of growing and exciting area because obviously this is where technologies such as genomics sit. So if you step back from all of that and think about this this kind of little gem that NICE is, the onus is on us that work in and lead NICE to think about how can this gem help the country and the health and care system and people and patients in this time of extreme stress. Thank you. I think it's important that you provided our listeners with some context of where we find ourselves. Now could you outline the next steps please? This is what we spent a lot of the summer speaking to our stakeholders about. We have the five-year strategy, it sets our parameters. For this moment now that we find ourselves in, this extreme context, what is most helpful for us to focus on? And whether we spoke to patient organisations, industry, people in the health and care system, either clinicians or managers or commissioners, or indeed our internal staff, we got the same three messages back. So the first message, please can you focus on what matters most? We need your advice to be relevant. What are the big issues of the day where only nice can opine? And please lean in here. The second was, please provide useful and usable advice, which kind of sounds obvious, but there's two big elements to that. It needs to be timely and it needs to be easy to use. Clinicians, managers, commissioners, they're busy. They don't have time to wade through a 50-page PDF that is hard to find. And then the last is this understanding that we need to constantly learn from data and implementation. So the minute advice leaves NICE's doors and is put on the website, 
you folks who are either practitioners or evidence developers or patients um, who are using these innovations, you're learning about them. And we need to constantly be gathering your learning, whether it's real world evidence or more qualitative learning to incorporate in our future evaluations. Can you explain what NICE has achieved in these areas? Starting with the priority to focus on what matters most, please. What we heard from people is that often what matters most in a health and care system is not the um, innovation or the pathway that's got the best evidence. And so you really challenged us to say, please, can you think about where healthcare is going? And if you don't have a, a nice product or process that can advise on this, you need to create one. You can't just ignore it. So on focusing on what matters most, the, the challenge was, can you provide advice in areas even when the evidence is sometimes not what NICE traditionally would look at? And the big focus was on digital therapeutics. So as you may have noticed this year, we launched a new program called Early Value Assessment, which is initially focused on digital therapeutics and will provide advice on 10 therapeutics this year. And what we did there is we looked at where is the evidence for these kind of um, technologies? And there's probably enough for us to provide an early value signal to say, you know, yes, we think that these are safe and effective to use, but not enough for us to say, oh, 100%, we can say this is these are clinically and cost effective and a great use of taxpayers' money. So what we've done with this new program is say, these are the things which we suggest are um, effective enough to use and we would suggest this additional data is gathered while you use it and be quite specific and prescriptive about the, about the data that is required. So that sounds like a boring, nice process. To give some example of what that means for the kind of the humans of this country and, and those of you who work in health and care, the first of our advice was on digital cognitive behavioural therapies for children and adolescents. So many of you may know that almost 60,000 young people are referred to children and adolescents mental health services every month at the moment. Waiting lists are vast. Obviously, this is um, these are children and their parents and carers that are struggling with significant symptoms in their life. And there may not be an alternative for them to access while they're waiting to be seen by children and adolescents mental health services. So into that space, CapNICE has provided some advice on digital therapeutics that can help in this case. We've looked at the evidence on a couple recommended for and been pretty prescriptive about, and this is the data that we would suggest you collect. So that's an example of focusing what matters most, where there's a real need, what can NICE do to say this is what is effective. The second priority area you mentioned was providing useful and usable advice. Could you outline what brought about this priority and give us a living example of some guidance NICE has produced in this area in the last year, which specifically targets this priority? And the most common feedback we get from both industry and patient groups is, can't NICE be quicker? Please don't get rid of the independence, the rigour, the transparency. Those are the hallmarks of NICE and they need to remain our foundation. But could you get quicker at the advice you produce? What we've been looking at on our medicines program is we've gone through the whole portfolio, all those 98 medicines we look at, and we've, we've looked at which are the ones where there's clear evidence, where there's great value for the taxpayer and there's real benefit for the patients. And can we do those in an expedited fashion? And I think last week we produced the fifth of our guidance in this kind of program, which is called Proportionate Approach to Technology Appraisal where we've provided advice between two months and six months quicker than average. 
And so what we're hoping this will do will both encourage industry where they have those kind of propositions where pretty clear evidence, great evidence of value and clear impact for patients to go down this kind of proportionate and cost comparison route because we know we can get access patients faster. So to give some idea of what that would mean for people of this country, the first of those topics that we talked about was an injectable that children received. So the incumbent medicine, children needed to inject every day, and this is thousands of children in the country. The new medicine that was good value, clear evidence of efficacy, children only need to inject once a week. And as a mom of, of children that I've taken for um, vaccinations, you, you kind of understand the impact that even advice that is two months faster, four months faster, six months faster will have for those people and families. So that's useful and useful advice. Where we've got clear evidence, great signal of value, let's get our nice advice out there as quickly as possible. And we've got some examples of where that can be two to six months faster this year. That's a good example of how NICE can provide quicker guidance to the system. The other priority you mentioned was being an organisation which is continually learning from data and implementation. Please could you tell us a bit more about what this really means and how it will be put into action at NICE? Here, what we are seeing is this kind of explosion of both real-world evidence that is collected in databases, etc., as well as some people and patients' lived experience that is really important to feed into appraisals. And so, as many of you know, England has been a leader in the use of real-world evidence. We've got the 100th medicine that has come out of the Cancer Drugs Fund this year. So we've really led the way internationally, I think, in this area, but there's always more that can be done. This year, we launched our real-world evidence framework, where the idea was, can we find a way to increase the quality of the real-world evidence that our committees are seeing so that we can make better, more informed decisions on them? We published our real-world evidence framework in the summer. It's been downloaded about 20,000 times, and we've just had our first appraisal through where a company used real-world evidence framework to chart sort of the provenance, analysis of the data that they provided to the committee, and that medicine has been approved. And it's the first kind of precision medicine for end-stage cancer that is specific mutation dependence. So we've got some examples of how this common language, this common nomenclature about what makes good real-world evidence is actually starting to feed through into evidence generation and to, into our committee decision-making. Hopefully I've given you some flavour of building on the wonderful nice of the past and building in some great new initiatives for the future so that we can continue to focus on what the health and care system and patients need in these tricky times. We're at the end of another episode of Nice Talks. We hope you've enjoyed listening. If you have, please recommend us to a friend or colleague. And remember to click subscribe to keep up to date with our monthly podcast. You can find us on social media too. Thank you for joining us. Until next time.